Ford. Humble and Fred. Humble and Fred. The thing that makes us really different is how we think. Humble and Fred. What we believe is important. Humble and Fred. Humble and Fred. The ways we look at life. Humble and Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey kids, it's Humble and Fred. <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Trendy Toronto and from our Brampton Factory Basement Studio. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now, here are two men who are excited about this final show of the week, the month, and wrapping up another year. This show is a gift of the pretend holiday, and they are happy to be among friends to celebrate the Santa, the donkey, and all of the major characters. It's Humble and Fred's Christmas Special. That's right. Thank you, Dan Duran. It is a uh, tradition like no other that goes back to uh, a little studio in Brampton, Ontario, at the very first... uh, Get together. It was uh, Delise, ex-wife Randy. I think my dog Loman was there at the time. You and me, and I, I don't. I don't know if we even. I don't think we had the bare naked ladies. I think it was just a, the four of us dicking around in the studio, calling it a Christmas special. And now here we are, just the three of us, yelling at each other over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, yeah. Where yes. is the time gone? Where yes. is the time gone? Yeah. Well, here. And here we are, even this uh, this edition of the Humble and Fred, or what do you? What's the word? Uh, this uh, you know, since we've done the podcast, this version, yeah, this this version, whatever. Um, what is it? What would this be? Our twelfth Christmas, I guess, doing this. When you well, 2011 is when we started the podcast, and right away, three months later, October, November, December, you and I did a little Humble and Fred Christmas get-together at Wayne Gretzky's uh, next to the old Second City there. Yeah, it'd be the 12th one we've done. It'd be interesting to uh, sit down and like computer programs and <laughs> and their version numbers to figure out it. <laughs> To figure out what what the version number of the show actually is. Oh, like the version of it. Oh, I see what you mean. That's great. 2.3s or, you know, whatever. Oh, I get it. Yeah, well, this is definitely, uh, there was the first version was when I joined Freddie in 1989. Yeah. The second version was when I came back in 92. The third version was the Mojo years. The fourth was the mix. All right. (laughs) (laughs) just relax (laughs) jesus now your fifth one so the sixth version would be the podcast the seventh version would be serious wow yeah we're into version and then we did the syndicate i mean we're certainly version around version 10 yeah 10.2 or something yeah you know, and I've told the story before, it's on a morning like this, as I look back on that, especially the past 12 years of doing this, when I think of uh, the showroom at Leon's, you know, after I was let go in 2005, and <laughs> for a couple of years there, I was, no, I what am I going to do with my future, and taking my mom to Leon's, and thinking, is this well on now? 
Will I be on the floor at Leon's? I have no other skills. And, 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 and yeah, I, that's not true, by the way. And no offense. What do you mean? No, you do have other skills. But selling furniture at Leon's is not one of them. My dear, Imagine dear. how quickly I'd get pissed off <laughs> I was going to say, you know, my dear friend, and you know I think highly of you, but that is, you'd probably be better off managing a Leon's. You're not built yeah. for the floor, my friend. You are not built Just for the, the floor. Just buy the fucking thing. Buy the fucking okay? thing. And, hey, but anyway. Neither am no, I. And I. Anyway, whatever that other career could have ultimately been, you know, this wonderful, wonderful thing that we latched onto has saved me from that. And I'm sure you would have a similar story. Well, it saved me from doing like weekend mornings at Zoomer, that's for sure, which would be my version of Leon's. I mean, I was already kind of, you know, for a couple of years there when I was at the at Boom 97.3 or Easy Rock, whatever it was called. Before it was called Boom, I was doing that morning show. And that was probably the lowest point of my radio career. But, uh, no, I think you'd be better suited to be the manager at Leon's. You know, I could bring me, I could work the floor for a day until somebody fucking annoyed me. Um, Bill, by the way, this is a, a different kind of Christmas show. Uh, Bill Brio is standing by. Lots of people just dropping in to say hi. Basically, all our regulars, Jackie, Jeff, Noel Kassler, a couple of musical performances. Uh, Lisa McEwen is a, a friend of, uh, actually, she's a sister of a very good friend of ours. Uh, Lisa's brother, Ryan McCallum, actually helps us run this business now. You want to talk about an in, how many different versions. But we have been running this as a business now going on 12 years uh, with employees. We've had people working with us. And now this next, this latest version is one of the most, it's just great because this guy, Ryan, has helped us out so much. And as always, for some reason, uh, whenever we ask, they always say yes. And Stephen Page will close out this program about an hour and a half from now. I've, um, I've uh, done something special with the show. I've, I've gone and downloaded the, uh, the, the Jingle Bell app on my phone. So whenever you shake the phone, <laughs> that is special. Let me hear it. Oh, that's great, buddy. Yeah. And uh, actually, Dan's also done a little thing. He's put together a uh, special uh, recording that we're going to play uh, later when Dan comes back. And uh, that will be in lieu of his news. Um, but uh, before we get to our first guest, Freddie and I have an announcement for everybody. Yes, we do. The uh, Humble and Fred Enterprise. HumbleandFredRadio.com, Inc., uh, the official name of the company, um, you know, like any other company that, uh, you know, looks ahead, we've uh, decided to expand. And uh, without, you know, Humble and Fred listeners or Humble and Fred fans, those who download uh, download the podcast every day, without you knowing, we've been building uh, this sort of, uh, what do you call it, a side gig? Uh, side hustle. The, side hustle. That's right. Mm-hmm. Over the past several weeks, and today we, uh, you know, as a little Christmas gift to you, something else to do over the holidays, you uh, people who love podcasts, uh, we want to announce it today. Uh, and I have them theme music here. Okay. Uh, which uh, you chose, and every time we do an episode, it takes me like that day to get this out of my head. I love this. It's uh, called Helen Back by an artist known as Baker. And so, no, Bacar. Uh, I'm sorry, Baker. Bacar. Bacar? Yeah. Uh, so over the holidays, we'd like to invite you to go listen to the Old Guys Travel Show. We call it Aging with Energy. 
And uh, in advance, we'd like to uh, thank our title sponsors, the Retirement Sherpa, and the Chamber Plan. Even though I don't think I've told the Sherpa. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Could you tell where my head was at when you found me? Yeah, I know you and I had a conversation with uh, Brett Tanner from uh, the Chamber Plan. But this might be the first time Tim finds out that as a bonus for being our sponsor for the last five or six years, we're giving him uh, at least the first, uh, how many episodes now? I think we did episode 16 yesterday. Yes, and it's all there wherever you uh, get your favorite podcasts. It is there. Aging with Energy, the old guy travel show with Humble and Fred. And and basically, Um, it's just uh, us talking about... Really just telling each other stories of the places we've been and giving you some uh, insider information. And, you know, it's very casual. Yes. Um, You know, in a lot of uh, podcast um, networks, they just grab anything and throw it at the wall. We we decided that if we're going to branch out and create more podcasts, we want them to count. And we discussed this one and it was like, you know, we're middle-aged guys. You know, in our 60s. So let's do a travel show for guys now with more, not just guys, women, of course. But, uh, you know, more time in your hands, more money on your hands, and still, you know, that adventurous spirit, the ability, the physical ability to travel. So that... That is the spin. And that's why we call it Aging with Energy, the old guys travel show, because uh, some of the places that we talk about, Fred's trip to uh, the Grand Canyon, uh, me trekking across Europe and, and such, you know, you, you st- it's for, it's the kind of holidays where, you know, maybe in your 70s you're going on cruises and such, but these are the kind of holidays you're going to still need some mobility to pull yep. off. Anyway, there's 16 episodes Hello, there. testing. There's Bill. Bill, we'll be right with you there, buddy. I was going to introduce yep. you in a second. Bill? Hey. He doesn't know that he's... Yep. Yeah, just hang on one second, pal. Uh, anyway, just to close by saying there's 16 episodes. Start listening to them. Uh, everything from, uh, as I said, from uh, going to Italy to uh, trips to Iceland, the Grand Canyon, New Orleans. Uh, Texas, Italy, as you say. Yeah. Anyway, Ireland, uh, London, Scotland, tour, Scotland. Playing, I, I, obviously, I throw in a few uh, golf trips you might be interested in. But, but going not, forward, we'll probably drop two a week uh, over the next extended period of time. Right. But there's a bunch of them there, and uh, we invite you to uh, help us age with energy, the old guy's travel show. Okay, and now let's get started. Dan will be back with this uh, special Christmas offering and uh, his final uh, news appearance of the year. Thank you, Daniel. And uh, just dropping by, there he is, Santa Bill, Bill Brio, one of the uh, fine contributors. Did you hear what we're up to now? We have another podcast. Another podcast? No, what's going on? Well, uh, Bill, uh, we just made the announcement. It's called Aging with Energy, the old guy's travel show. And, uh, yeah. That sounds right down my alley. Exactly. It was designed for guys like you. You have the time, you have the resources, and you have the physical ability to uh, travel around the world. Hey, Belly, just do me a favor before you respond. Just turn your mic down slightly. Freddie, you're fine. Uh, just a, just a over-modulating a little tiny bit. Is you that know, better? That's fantastic. You know, forget our travel show. When we first encountered you as a guest and then you said you wanted to do a podcast, you know, like a lot of people that came to us, Bill, we're like, for sure, we, you know, we've always enjoyed your work, and we thought we'd help you out. Our producer, Phil, at the time, got you started. Is he still producing your show? 
He is, yeah, and he's fantastic. He yeah. does a great job every single week. Well, good for Well, Philly. you know what? Say hi to Phil for us because he doesn't want to talk to us anymore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I was just con- I was thinking about you being on the show today, and I wanted to say this with all sincerity that er- every time I get a notification that another uh, Brio podcast has been produced, I think you know what? Good for that guy because a lot of guys, Billy, as you've heard us talk. They just couldn't stick with it. They got to four or five and went, well, this is hard. <laughs> so, you know, they give it up. But uh, what episode are you up to? Uh, I think 95, you know, coming up to 100. And, yes, thank you very much, uh, Howard and Fred, for the kick in the pants to get this started and uh, the resources and the great example. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I love it. You know, having been a writer all my life to do something where spelling is not involved, <laughs> uh, that that's pretty good, you know, but, uh, yeah, this week, Dave, Dick Cavett, the, the TV legend, the late Dude. night host, he's on the podcast talking about Groucho Marx. And honestly, this is like a fantasy for me to be able to platform Dick Cavett at, at 86, very much still, wry and funny and witty uh talking about the the greatest comedian ever that's pretty good so he's 86 when the dick cavett show was on he was like what early 30s I guess? even younger than that i would say because in wow. the 50s like 29 or 30 yeah. yeah like he uh started at abc on late night in 1969 i think he was 29 but wow uh, you know he wrote for jack parr and johnny carson before that yeah. 60 61 and well i was going to say uh, that bill dick it, cavett's legacy it is crazy. Like, you know, he was one of the guys that were part of those original talk shows. And when he did a talk show, it was there was a lot of talking. There was a lot of conversation, much deeper than there is now with Fallon giggling through another celebrity impersonator song thing. Dick Cavett would have these deep conversations, more like the Tom Snyder show. Yeah, you're right. Like he would have Marlon Brando on for yeah. an hour and it would be all about something. You know, he would have... Orson Welles. The guests were just incredibly iconic. Muhammad Ali or Catherine Hepburn or Betty Davis, uh, you know, politicians. And he said, he said he lived in an age where there were great guests, but there was also assassinations. There was so much going on. And if you were hosting a late night show, there was no shortage of things to say and famous people to say them with. You know, um, I loved his demeanor on that show, and sometimes he could sort of get the message out without his guest even knowing. There's a great clip on YouTube of him talking to Georgia Governor, this uh, Lester Maddox, way back in the 60s. And what he's saying to this guy, the audience knows what he's talking about. He's getting at his racism, and then this Lester Maddox guy freaks out right on the set. It's something to go watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and, And that was masterful. By Dick it was. That he was day. very. Yeah, he was a Yale grad. Like he was mm-hmm. smarter than most of his guests. But yeah, there's that. There's uh, you know, Lily Tomlin walked off the show once. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he had a lot of authors on Truman Capote and uh, Gore Vidal, and there'd be pretty much close to fist fights sometimes. So it was pretty cool. Um, Billy, we don't need you long this morning. We just wanted to get you on and and with our sort of regular, our favorites. And uh, just to tell you, we appreciate you contributing to this program. You know, a lot of you guys come on, and obviously we're not paying anybody. But uh, we do appreciate you coming on with your, with your content every month, and, and we always look forward to catching up. Brio, let's just give everyone a, a chance to, maybe during the holidays when they're listening to our new travel show, they can always catch up with Bill's podcast, which is called... 
It's Brio, B-R-I-O-U-X dot TV, the podcast. So it's pretty straightforward. We can have a contest, rename it, uh, something that's easier <laughs> to spell. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, it's uh, there it is. And yeah, listen, guys, congrats. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, it's always a pleasure for me to talk to you guys uh, every month. I always look forward to it. And uh, all the best in 2023. And uh, quickly, just before you go, I'll tell you, I, I got finally got to watch The Offer. I recommended it to my buddy here, and both of us binged 10 episodes in 24 hours. That's pretty good. And I'll, I heard you guys talking about Sebastian Maniscalco this week, and here's what's wrong with that special in Vegas, quickly. Uh, it should be, uh, because it's supposed to be a Rat Pack thing, Jerry Seinfeld should have come on and goofed with his act. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, exactly. You know, you, you could have had... Um, Chris Rock come on and be Sammy, and they, they could have held him and slapped him. Uh, you know, <laughs> That's right. Mescalco could have been could have been hammered. I'll tell you what they made a mistake was they didn't mic the audience correctly. Uh, Bill right. Brio, all the best to you and your family. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, etc. All right, right there. Thanks, Billy. Good to see you. All Uh, the best. We got to uh, squeeze in uh, some of this stuff in between our our guests. We've got still sponsors to uh, with commitments. I just I saw Niblet on Facebook who just found out he's one of the sponsors for our Aging with Energy show, and he says I accept the nomination. So fantastic. In the meantime, Freddie, what about these fine folks? Well, I'm going to tell you, a lot of people don't know this. The Toronto Maple Leafs play today, but it's an afternoon game. Yes, a two o'clock afternoon game. Tied to some children's charity, I do believe. Uh, so the Maple Leafs, they play the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the Leafs minus 310, so heavily favored in this game, as you might expect. And of course, I get these numbers from Bodog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry leading odds, world class sports book, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And don't forget Thursday night football, Jets and Jags, a toss up. If you're looking into uh, some investments in the future, of course, we always recommend the retirement Sherpa. Maybe get Sherpa to check out AaronVentures.com, an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition, development, exploration of resource properties. I've mentioned the uh, mineral boron. Aaron Ventures' strategy is involved in the uncovering and capitalizing on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. Do your due diligence. Check this company out. AaronVentures.com It's funny, I'm looking at the lineup of uh, people uh, in the next couple of uh, guests coming up. Mm-hmm. At least, uh, let's see, Brio, Clement, and Lumby are all guys that do podcasts now. Uh, which is cool. A couple of them. Oh, there we go. <laughs> another, another Santa's with us. There he is, the uh, former associate Prime Minister or whatever his title was. Although Howard, in uh, in 2022, isn't it quicker to name people that don't do podcasts? No, exactly. There's yeah. only, I think there's only one person on our show that doesn't have a podcast. Uh, Jackie Delaney. Tony Clement hosts uh, a podcast, and uh, we always uh, enjoy our conversations with Tony. And hello. Another, hello. Hello. Listen, man. Hey, um, hey uh, yeah, do you see my Clash t-shirt? Yeah. Oh, yeah dude, Clash, yeah. look how cool You're you cutting are. Edge. You're cutting edge, Tony. 20 years ago today, Joe Strummer died. Wow. Oh. 
That is crazy, dude. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's and you're. I know you love music. I'm not surprised you know that. I um, you, Tony's uh, podcast is called "And Another Thing." But uh, before we uh, and we can tell you how much we love you and all that stuff, you know that. But I want to ask you: You were recently in Washington. Yes, I was because I follow Tony, and and I was curious. Do you mind just explaining to everyone, including me? What is it? What you were doing? Because Newt Gring, I saw one. Newt Gingrich was one of the speakers. What was it you were involved in? So uh, Stephen Harper heads something called the International Democrat Union, which is uh, a loose alliance of center-right parties from around the world. There's about 85 member parties from around the world: Europe, Asia, Africa, uh, you name it. And uh, so we had a, a policy forum in Washington, D.C., and there were sessions on China, on Iran, on cybersecurity, supply chain, etc. And then we had visitors from the Republican Party who just came in to say hello, and uh, Newt was one of them, and uh, uh, Dan Dan Crenshaw was another, uh, Ronna McDaniel, etc., yeah. etc., et all the yeah. people that you love. Yeah, no, I was going to say, because I, I, I wanted to bring this up, and this is why I wanted to follow up, Fred, if you don't mind, is I, 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 I knew you were, it, it was some kind of forum, I just want to know what the vibe was with those people vis-a-vis, you know, recent American politics. And, of course, more specifically, the uh, teetering uh, credibility of their former president. Yeah. So the midterms was a huge topic at the forum. Uh, We had a lot of uh, Republican organizers uh, and campaigners who talked about the midterms. Uh, generally, the view was that the midterms were were a terrible failure for the Republican Party for two reasons. Roe v. Wade was one of them. And the second was the poor quality of statewide candidates that were offered by the MAGA troops, mm. uh, i.e. Donald Trump. So in that space, which is Washington, D.C., it's not the country. I want to make that clear. No, of course not. Washington, D.C., the Republicans um, are not uh, – they're not MAGA. They're, they're Republicans, but they're not MAGA. And uh, they want to see an alternative. So I said to them, so it's got to be DeSantis, right? Uh, you, you, you guys no. well, we're not sure because DeSantis has never run for president before. And you make a lot of mistakes running for president. So they haven't really settled on an alternative, but they do want one. Okay. Well, yeah, Freddie P really doesn't believe this that at this point. But uh, because they're still worried about that 30 uh, percent of base of uh, Trump's. They don't want to ruffle that at all because they might need it down the road. Is it difficult to converse with these men when you know they have very, very little integrity that they put Donald Trump and their party ahead of their country? Because that's what they do. And one further, Newt Gingrich, how close do you get to him before you feel you need a shower? And also Ronan McDaniels uh, and Crenshaw, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all yeah. got, they all got the MAGA stink Serious, on them. Seriously, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Tony, seriously, these guys, you know, they're, they're not very Yeah, no, nice. no, I mean, the funny thing mm-hmm. was, uh, because, of course, it was in their home territory, the Republicans kind of showed up to speak and then left. We didn't really have a lot of interaction with them, but they don't like to answer questions. Brits and so on. So, Mm -hmm. but, but I would, I would say that, uh, no, I, I I wouldn't say that they're, they're all, uh, this is the, this is the Tony Clement theory about the Republican party. They, 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 and you've seen them defend Trump because despite, uh, you know, near indictments and they've defended Trump despite his personal failings. Twice impeached all as, yeah, yeah. Yeah. None of that is going to topple this guy. The one thing that'll topple this guy 
is that he's a two-time loser on his way to becoming a three-time loser. Right. And right. that's what they care about. Okay, listen, we only got a couple more minutes with Tony. Yeah. I didn't want to just I just I didn't want this all to be about that. Uh, obviously we appreciate you and and you know, we get some pushback. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the comments. And here's how we do not that we need to defend you. But we like having you on even though, you know, not everyone's uh you know, on your side, not we're not on your side all the time. But man, you've got a lot of guts coming on here, time after time, knowing we're gonna talk about this shit with you. Mm-hmm. And I just think you're a stand-up guy, and that's what I tell people. How can you have him on? I go, well, how can you not have him on? He's just a bright, smart man who knows that it's the 20th anniversary of the Clash. My point basically is this: you're a lovely person, and not everybody is about everything. And you are such a you're such a good guy that we. I think we feel lucky. I can speak for him as well. We feel lucky that you do this with us. That's all I wanted to say. And and I, I just got to say, uh, you know, obviously I love the show. I listen to it all the time, uh, and I think you guys offer a very high quality. Uh, <laughs> yeah, product. not all the time. Obviously, come on. Well, there's there's no, some no, no, pee- there's fine. some pee pee poo poo stuff that he does. <laughs> I don't do it, but he but, does. No, 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 you don't. Yeah, I but, do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, no, from from uh, uh, you know, I, I've been a podcaster for three years, and you've you've done it for eleven. So you, we really do look up to you guys, and uh, I, I also want to thank you personally for your loyalty to me. It means a lot. Well, listen, we all have our, th- our, our flaws, and uh, whenever I think of Tony Clement, I just get warm and fuzzy feelings. I do. And again, we disagree on a lot of stuff, and over the next couple of years, it's going to be very interesting, you on our show, and yep. promoting, promoting the person you will, and we'll have some great, lively debate over it. And, and I would say, too, Tony, uh, just to finish off, like whenever I see something, like, again, I follow you, and I see what you're up to in American politics, and as a politi- foreign politician. But you're plugged in. Like when you said I was at Stephen Harper's thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't get to do that. You know, we don't leave our house, but that's a different story. So whenever I so, for instance, yesterday, Zelensky's at uh, Congress or speaking to the I'm thinking, I wonder what we're not going to have time. But, you know, those are the kind of things where I think we're lucky to have a guy like Tony because he's been in those rooms. He's spoken to major world leaders and has a perspective that we wouldn't get anywhere else. Hey, did you guys uh, did you guys see that I was sanctioned by Russia? I was banned. Yes, dude. Tell Freddie about badge that. Badge of honor, man. Yeah, thank I you. love that. Thank you. Yes, I'd like to thank everybody who was involved in that, including Vladimir Putin. I'm sure. And why would that just be? Uh, just because of your ties to previous governments, or is there no? One? I think it was because uh, I think they uh, uh, Canada just sanctioned more oligarchs, and then so they, as a tit for tat, they 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 looked at a bunch of people, and I have a position in the Conservative Party of Canada now. I'm vice chair of the Conservative Fund of Canada, so they they banned the chair, the vice chair, and the secretary. Good for you. I'm very pleased. Yeah, I meant to tell Fred, because I saw that yeah, on your Twitter problem. feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew that you'd be thrilled for Tony. Uh, listen, in final uh, minute here, uh, I don't know, what, what are you, are you, you're up north for uh, the whole for the whole Yeah, holidays? the whole dang family. Uh, my three kids will be up north uh, with us in Muskoka. Nice. And my mom as well, who just turned 80 last month, so she'll be up uh, as well. Trying to, she, They're trying to beat the storm to get up there before the storm hits. And, uh, yeah, we'll be up there for the whole week. It's, it's, it's going to be great. Well, listen, man, uh, we look forward to your first appearance in the uh, new year. And as Freddie said, man, the next couple of years for us are going to be so fascinating. And having you along for the ride will just make it that much better. Take care. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. I love you. Love Thanks, you too, buddy. Man. Likewise. Cheerio. Tony Clement and uh, another thing podcast into its third year and always good catching up with uh, Tony and uh, Frederick. 
I mentioned uh, the retirement Sherpas listening online from his U.S. office. What might you tell us about his, that wonderful man? Well, he's a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim, again, a valuable member of this team. He really is. Uh, you know, he's one of our clients. He's one of our friends. And he's a good guy and licensed on both sides of the border. And he made the offer again yesterday. If you have a portfolio, want somebody to have a second look at it, he's your guy. No strings attached, no obligation. He's not one of those guys, you know, those pushy salesman type guys. He'll give you the straight goods. If you're on the right track, he will tell you. All right? Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. While we're waiting for our next guest, there's uh, something I wanted to play for you. I'm just going to play a couple seconds of it. Um, remember when we had Pink on our show? It was during the mix years, so you probably weren't paying attention um, no. in so much anguish. But uh, this is a little bit of something that Dave Grohl does every year. <laughs> that, uh, it's, uh, the, it's called the Hanukkah Sessions, and he invites uh, different people in, Jewish people. Uh, in fact, at the beginning, uh, before this is recorded, Pink comes on and goes, uh, My name is Alexia, or Alicia, and I'm a Jew. And it's Pink doing her song with Dave Grohl and uh, Jack White and a bunch of people on stage singing along. But I'd like to just tell everyone, go have a look at this for various reasons, not the least of which, it's Dave Grohl on the drums. And and I was watching this the other day, and I was going to talk about this with you. But you forget, Dave Grohl... Is so much is so happy playing the drums. You forget that he was the drummer in Nirvana. You know what I'm sort of getting at? Like he could have just spent the last you know 30 years of his life being a drummer. Forget being the front man for the Foo Fighters. Yeah, he's also the coolest man on earth. Yeah, he really loves it, man. I'm just watching him now, like just seeing him playing along with this and uh, backing vocals from. Uh, Jack Black and a few other people. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I gotta see this. Okay. Well, listen. Let's not. Uh, let's get our game face on now because uh, this song, "One Night," it was uh, my daughter's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. You want to say it was, it was yeah, a celebration of, of my daughter's uh, engagement, and we took the dock off the off its footings with this song. Uh, welcome back to our program. Uh, for many years, he was. Um, well, he was, uh, we were sort of colleagues. We were more than colleagues. We were friends. For uh, many years, uh, we were part of his show. And from time to time, he's uh, agreed to come back on our show, making history once again. His royalship, his honor, the right honorable and fair, John Tory. Hello, John. Hello, Howard. <laughs> uh, I, you know what I saw... Um... In uh, when I was signing on, it said, I'm now being admitted to Howard's personal meeting room. And I thought to myself, my God, I have arrived. Yes, you have. I've definitely arrived that I've made it into Howard's personal meeting room. What goes on in there, by the way? I was only briefly in there. <laughs> you know what? You. It's all kind of, you know, if you really wanted to get inside my head, you don't want to spend too much time in there, John. It's no good. Actually, what I'm, what I'm disappointed at, frankly, is that you have your clothes on in your personal meeting room. I sort of assumed that you would. Not only, during business, that, but... <laughs> only during business hours, sir. <laughs> okay. Mm. Scaring small children. Exactly. 
He could charge for that access, John. He could, I'll tell you. He could. You I know, know, I know. So how are you guys both? We're doing? terrific. I'm sorry I haven't spoken to you for a while, but there's been a few things going on, and uh, frankly, you didn't invite me. So that's, well, you know, that's not, you know what, it. anytime you say yes to us, is always, <laughs> it's always appreciated, and it's a surprise. Is, you know, you and I and Fred go back to the time there on uh, St. Clair and Young, your campaign office at the time, I believe you were running for mayor, and you, yep, the first time right, around. And uh, you and uh, your campaign manager, who at the time, great guy, um, can't Rocco, remember, Rossi. Rocco Rossi. And uh, you were always so good to us. And now here you are. I've been, are you mayor for life now? Is that how it works? Are you just going to be? This is my last <laughs> term. I wrote, ran for one more time, and that's it. Because, uh, you know, I, I actually am a believer in term limits for politicians and for corporate directors and others. Because I think, you know, you just you, it's enough. I mean, so I'm going to serve the four years and hopefully get a lot done. And uh, we'll go from there. Term? Why don't they have term limits for something like a mayor? I don't know. Um, they don't. And we don't have term limits in Canada generally, as you know, but in the right. U.S. it's right. very commonplace. And yeah. I think down there sometimes it's too short. But having said mm-hmm. that, I don't know why. Uh, I just think uh, it's always been the case that the public get to set term limits. You know, So if they think they've had enough of you, then they vote you out. And yeah. I guess that's, that's fair. That's true. It's a very complex world, John. Do you ever uh, long for those days of just sitting behind a microphone and being a, you know... An announcer wiener? It's taking a, a call simpler, from Scarborough or First something? First of all, I, I, I should say to your listeners uh, that it is work. Because my kids used to say to me, well, Dad, you only work four hours a day. How come that's the job? Because that's how long I was on the Air Force. But it is work because you have to prepare and you have to be able to say something. They, they told me when I first started to do a talk radio show, the one thing that can't happen is you run out of things to say. And you guys mm-hmm. both know that's true. But I will tell the listeners this as well. But it is lots of fun because you get to sit with a certain sense of liberty and say what you want. And because you get the interaction with your listeners, I mean, that is such the best part of it is what, how people react to what you say, you know, it's so much fun to be able to interact with people. And I'll be candid with you. I don't think I'd be married today had I not done the talk show. And it's because people said they got to know who I was like, because no, you end exactly. up talking about everything. So people know humble and Fred, because they hear you talk about every subject, yeah, um, and you know you don't make sense on a lot of them, but they. Well, no, that, that, that's the difference between the difference between you and I and and Fred is that yeah. we we yeah. we don't have uh, we're not that the, you don't we don't try get, to make sense. Well, exactly. You know, wh- one of the things that's always fascinated by both of us about you is uh, and and Fred's made this point. I've made this point. You know, you could have just swanned off into the sunset from the corporate world, all the things you were involved in. And, and he'll bring this up to me from time to time. He's saying, you see Tori on the weekend? He was at some thing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't understand it. He could be up north. He's got a pretty nice cottage. What is it that, and, and, and you know, again, people mm-hmm. can disagree with your policies, but I don't think anyone can disagree with your commitment. Where does that come from? Well, but first of all, once you have, well, it comes from, I guess, a sort of family-derived uh, work ethic that just says if you have a job, you've got to do it. And do it. My dad always used to say to me when I'd bring home sort of mediocre report cards, the only question he'd ask, he didn't start chastising me and sort of saying things. He'd just say, well, do you think this is your best? And of course, I had to answer, no, it wasn't because it was pretty mediocre. And, you know, he, he just believed and he instilled in us the fact that if you're going to do something, then you do it well. And so I, I try to do the job well because I think people find it a sign of respect when the mayor shows up to their events. But I also will tell you, I enjoy being with people. And I learn a lot. Every place that I go, every event you see me at, somebody comes up and tells me a story about Mm -hmm. their circumstances in terms of experiencing homelessness or food insecurity or problems with their kids or concerns about safety. That's where I hear. I mean, you can read all the reports you want down here at City Hall. 
but talking to real people about their experiences is way better. So I enjoy it all or I wouldn't do it. I mean, yeah, you I must love it. run for re-election if I didn't enjoy that. And mm-hmm. I love the city. I mean, this to me is still the best place in the world to live. Um, and, you know, we've got to keep it that way. And there's a lot of stresses and strains right now, but it's still a great place to live. So you'll be upwards of 70 years old, I guess, when your term is over. How around. dare you mention that? What is that? Around there. <laughs> no, but yeah, if you ever... Yourself? How about yourself? Oh, no, Same thing, dude, John. We're not aging well, John. You can I, see that aging. clearly. I don't talk about this much because you don't want to draw attention, but when I finish the term, I will be 72 years old. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what's your point? what was your point? Day one of retire. Somebody that is go, go, go. It all go, still go. works. So is that what you're going to ask me? At all I don't know where this works. is going, yeah. John, but I'm frankly embarrassed. <laughs> And I'm yeah, jealous. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> and I'm I mean, jealous. Personal room, and you should be bloody embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know where this you know, is coming I'm, from. I'm just saying, somebody that just go every day. You put that shirt and you put a tie on. You comb your hair. You have to look great. You got to go and dog all of these people. Day one of retirement. Are you going to be able to handle it? What are you going to no. do to fill I those said hours? Yesterday, where was I at somebody's retirement yesterday? And oh, I was this morning. I, I was with George Lejonas on uh, CP24. And he's retiring right. next week. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, George. I generally think this retirement business is grossly overrated. We agree. Um, But I'll find things to do. You know, before I was mayor, I was hugely involved in the community, raising money for all kinds of charities, like big fundraising campaigns. And I'll find something like that to do. Then I hope I can take it a bit easier and travel a bit. But I'm a person that doesn't do well sitting around doing nothing. So You know what? We ask that question with respect. (laughs) And here's the thing. We didn't want to retire. We were... If we hadn't found this forum to do our show, this podcast, we're into our 12th year of not only doing a podcast, a couple of thousand plus episodes, but we own a small business. We've kept ourselves and a few others employed because every day we've been interviewed recently for a few different things about when would you stop doing a Well, we always say the same thing. If we weren't doing this for money, we'd be doing it for free. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to stop doing it. And because of the mm-hmm. way the world has changed in broadcasting, even from the time you were in it, we don't have to stop. You know, the, this I can is- tell you right now, that is a great thing about broadcasting. And there's a number of other sort of professions that are like that. But I, right now, somebody said to me, when I finished this, I could do something in broadcasting. Maybe that wasn't every single day at the same time. But I, I, for free, I, I'd say, sure, where do you sign me up? You know, because mm-hmm. it's fun. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. It keeps your brain going, yes. you know, all that stuff. So it's all good. And, and I'm sure you and, know a uh, lot of guys your age that have stopped working and they start to uh, atrophy and mm-hmm. they don't know what to do yeah. with themselves. It's entirely true. And you know what else? They start to get on the nerves of their family because they're sort yes. of kicking around, but, you know, needing to be entertained. So, yeah, I'll, right. I'll, I'll worry. I got, look, I got four years of hard work uh, to do uh, before that. So I'm not going to look ahead and worry about that much until we get closer. Before your then term I'll be pitching in- you guys for a job. That's right. Oh, right. We got a we podcast ask- for you, buddy. Before your term ends, can you pardon Humble and Fred from all the horrible things they've done over the past several years? That's right. Well, We're looking for a pardon. Look, I mean, you know, yeah, no. give it a try. I think with a list, as long as you guys have a problem, <laughs> yeah. we're talking about a tall It's funny. Here. He wants a pardon. I just want a, an alley or a street or an avenue. Uh, <laughs> you're listening, John. We appreciate it. I know we... about that, too. You guys have a wonderful holiday now, eh? And, and a great new year. 2023 is going to be good. And invite me back before, like, four years from now. Okay? Well, I was going to say, we'd, oh, like, we'd like to have you come back for a longer conversation. We just have a bunch of people lined up. And we'll get a hold of the I same... I get it. I get it. We'll get a hold of the same person that helped to book you this time and get you in to talk about some of the things in the city that need improving, John. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I know it. Look, I know that. What do you think I come to work every day for? All that's right, That's what you do. You're dealing with the problems, not uh, congratulating yourself on how good things are. Well, we appreciate right, taking our call. Take okay, care. Okay, There's, thanks, uh, John. That's the guy, Thank you very much. That's the guy running this joint. That's John Tory. He's the mayor of Toronto. You know what? I used to. I was talking about this with somebody the other day. You know, we used to go. You remember we went on his show like mm-hmm. 
Was it every afternoon or every other, a couple times a week or something? It was ridiculous. Yeah, the round table or whatever. We were on the round table with Moore in the morning, which I loved. And we went on with Tori, which it's, I don't know, in a weird way it kind of helped us. Maybe you don't agree, but I think it helped us transition to this kind of phase of our lives where we weren't sure. just where we weren't just doing the poopy peepy stuff. And you know, when we talk to John Tory, I just I get he per- personifies what the Conservative Party of Canada needs. And I know he's going to be seventy-two. That yeah. ship has sailed. But just that moderate, logical, middle of the road guy. Yeah. You know, that's what they need. He made a really good point, too, Fred, that when when he first ran for mayor, he got beat by David Miller, because I don't think people really understood right. what kind of guy John Tory was. But four hours a day or whatever it was on the air, every day for a few years, uh, it really did show off his warmth mm-hmm. and his humanity and his care. The biggest, tra- uh, the biggest Tory tragedy was uh, losing the provincial election to uh, Dalton McGinty. When we could have flushed the province of Dalton McGinty and then that, uh, you know, that issue about funding for private schools. Yes. John lost that election. If he'd have become the premier, we'd be sitting in a different uh, province. Right may, maybe he, maybe if he'd become premier, we wouldn't have gone to the mix. Uh, speak, <laughs> speaking of warmth and humanity and another friend of ours, dear friend of uh, mine and uh, the host of Jeff and Julie Go to France in a global pandemic. Uh, Jeff was just on a couple of days ago and Lumby's back to drop in to say hi to everyone for the Christmas season. Great, accurate intro. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Mr. Warmth. You're like the Don Rickles of podcasting. Yeah. Uh, Lumby, Lumby, uh, I just want to get right to it because we talked to you the other day. What uh, What is Christmas like for Jeff and Julie uh, at the holidays there on your own in France? Because well, we, we're like, I don't know how this has happened, but uh, Mr. Antisocial here and his... Uh, his wife have been asked to a number of events. We're going to be, we, we, we double booked for like new year's Eve. We had to, yeah, we had to say no to one group of friends. Come on. And then, uh, I'm serious. And then on the 20, on the 24th, which is the big thing in, in France. So it's not the, it's always Christmas Eve. That's the bigger deal here. Part of the Catholic thing. It was, yeah, I, I can't explain it, but uh, so we're, we're invited out for a dinner on, on Christmas Eve on Saturday as well. Nice. So yeah, it's, it's great. Now, you know, it's, uh, Julie and I were just addressing it on our latest podcast, how uh, you guys are just going to get labeled with this storm. And it's 16 degrees here. It's going to be 16 for my birthday, 16 for Christmas. Uh, And Julie said, do do you miss the green? Do you miss the white Christmas? No. The novelty of that is gone. (laughs) Oh, I know. It is gone. I I like I I really enjoy Christmases here, you know, where where it's been green. I yeah, love the novelty too. of that. I know it, it, yeah. it really uncomplicates things. That's for yeah. sure. You know, and Jeff's right. You know, I was I, I forgot to mention this. I wrote it down that on the Weather Network this morning. Forget the red ribbon of doom. Storm alert. Storm. <laughs> it, 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 Jeff, the words generational storm were uttered for the first time. Um, wow. You know, I, I was just getting back to you being Mr. Antisocial. There, I, I mentioned this on the show. Uh, in the summer, at one point, we were corresponding about something, and you just kept updating me on how long you were staying at this party. And it was like hour after hour of these updates, and Jeff was in this Sunday afternoon with all his friends, and then about six hours in, he sends me a text. He says, now I'm dancing. And I say, who is this? <laughs> yeah. What have you well, done with but, Lumby? But how do you explain this renaissance? Well, you know, you're you're kind of trapped. You don't understand a damn word. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't get out. You can't you can't argue with anybody. You know, 
Uh, so that's, what you, that's what used to keep you at a party, the <laughs> that's arguments. right. Sure. It's like, no one or, understands or, my ranting. Or it would be the early exit, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. They, they really have fun. Um, and then, you know, they, they, they're, they've been so good at trying to engage me and what limited French I have. They speak, they speak slower for me, and go ahead, say whatever you want. Um, no, no, no. What, how, do you say, how do you say special adult in French? Yeah, yeah, there you go. There <laughs> right. They Parle speak slower and, and, and they try and involve me, which is nice. But after three or four hours of this, it's, it's, it's a headache. It's exhausting. Yeah. Exhausting. How, how much of this do you attribute to being a Canadian? You're the Canadian fellow. Oh, we're, the, we're a freak show here. Mm-hmm. We're an absolute freak show here. Oh, so so hey, let's, let's you know, invite the freaks from Canada over. Because it's so unusual for somebody from Canada to move to that region? Well, it's just, and an, I, I guess we're just a little bit different. I, I mean, uh, my whole life I've gotten the what's wrong with this picture with my wife, as oh, you yes, know. Oh, yes, yeah. And, and well, I'm sure tell that's... Tell me about it. And, <laughs> and I'm sure that's translated here as well. So uh, they're like this beautiful woman and this. Is he, does he guard the bridges? Is that what they say? Is he, um, listen, man, I also I also think you've opened yourself up. I was there. I know that your decision to move there and your assimilation has also opened you up. It has to, because if you don't, no, then, you, then you don't I've know evolved, anyone. I've evolved dramatically in a lot of senses over the last uh, few years. So if that's if that's part of it, great yeah, for know. sure. That's uh, no, for sure. And, and uh, I, I, I did come, I didn't come here to mingle with English people. That's not my M.O. Right. Like 90 percent of uh, the British people who come here and they get their little enclave. Mm. They, they go out for their little coffees and they do their little things together. <laughs> and none of them speak any <laughs> French. Well, thank goodness you haven't lost any of your edge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so I didn't come here for that. So I'm trying my best to learn. And these events, these these are great learning experiences, Fred. Right. You go to a, a we're 16 There's 16 people and there there is not a lick of English. So, you know, you're yeah. thrown in, you know, yeah. it, to, to follow up on that question, I ask, what if you were American? Would it be a different? Um... No. The, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be. Well, it would. If, you know what? It would. De- I think it would depend on how. American, those people were. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. You know, you, you know it's funny uh, you asked that question, Freddie, because in San Miguel, where I was uh, recently, and there's lots of American expats and Canadians as well, but the kind of American that would go there or go to your area would be the kind of American yes. that would want to assimilate. Yeah, I, met several, I met several Americans, friends of our friend Bill. They all speak some yes. Spanish. Uh, yeah. It was very, there's just a different breed because it's not your, like where Jeff is, it's not your normal, like, you know. No, they're, they're progressives. They're they, more progressive, uh, exactly. There's a world beyond the end of their nose. That's right. Uh, and, and there's a world beyond a Budweiser can and a McDonald's, yeah. you know. Yes. Um, well, listen, man, uh, Jeff and Julie go to France. Uh, coming up to its 50th episode, much like our friend Bill Brio and Tony Clement, all people that have started podcasts within the last few years. Man, it's great to see you get to that number because it's just easy to give up and uh, say, oh, well, screw this, you know. It, number 50 will be our last one of the year. And uh, thanks to you guys for the platform and uh, and all the help and advice. And we're very, uh, uh, you know, thankful for, for all of that. But it's also been gratifying from this end. We're really enjoying what we're doing. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll just keep it going in 23. Okay, man. 
Um, I'll check in with you. I'm still going to, I thought of this last night. I'm going to send out that note for our little uh, maybe birthday get-together Zoom on your on the unboxing day. See if we can sure. get the gang together. All the best to my sweet friend, Julie, and the dogs. Special shout-out to Anna, my girlfriend. And right. uh, I'll see you soon, partner. Take care. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry All Christmas, the best, uh, Jeff uh, and Julie. Cheers. Cheers, Freddie. There you go. Cheers. Okay, pal. Uh, before Bye. we get to our uh, next guest, Fred, uh, tell me something. Uh, is there something you want to tell me about uh, one of our fine supporters? Yes, our uh, our sponsor, uh, one of our sponsors for Aging with Energy, the Old Guy uh, Travel Show. Yes, sir. Well, the Chambers Plan. Yeah, very uh, Chambers nice. of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, you can be part of it. 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of it. It's been around for 40 years. The st- stability is remarkable. So again, as a small business, you know, and you got to be mindful of your cost. No, uh, once you get involved, they really do a great job of holding the line on premiums because they know small business, you know, can't take big hits along the way. So that said, go there today. There's a badge. Get a free quote. Find out what it's going to cost you, what's available to you. And uh, be able to, hey, as a Christmas gift or a New Year's announcement to your uh, to your company that they now have a benefits package, what could be better than that? Chamberplan.ca. And just quickly before Jackie uh, comes in, we've got about 30 seconds to stay on time. So last week we had Brett Tanner on from the Chamber Plan, and as he assured me that I was uh, fine given the report I got from my doctor. Remember that conversation where I kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure I'm okay? Yes. Okay. Well, I finally got a note from my actual doctor. Hmm. The uh, cardiologist uh, sent me a note yesterday saying Mr. Glassman has been seen. He's on medication. And I and actually used the phrase, I feel he's safe to travel. So I uh, yesterday booked my return trip to uh, Mexico. And uh, I'm going to spend a little while back there in this place I love so much. So I'm really excited about that. And when we come back, I'll tell you about what it cost me to get that letter. You'll just, you'll lose your friggin' mind. It's pretty funny, actually. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to tell that story when I come back from the holidays. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Right um, anyway, but yeah, it was nice to see those words. And as much as Brett uh, assured me and our good friend Rod Johnson, who is our uh, our agent at the Chamber Plan, uh all good. So in the meantime, let's uh, welcome back to our program someone that has hung out with us for the last year. She's the, I think she's in charge of the Senate of Canada. I'm not 100% sure what Jackie is up to. And uh, of course, hi, sweet Jackie. Jackie also, of course, was instrumental when we were conversing in the spring about the horrible man, the disgraced broadcaster, John Derringer. She was part of that nonsense at Chorus. Welcome back, Jackie Delaney. Hi, Jackie. Hi, guys. Hi, By the man. way, I just want to say, if I was in charge of the Senate, it wouldn't right now be running 70% at a higher budget than it was seven years ago. I just want to put that out there. Will you be turning your camera on or are you staying uh, hidden today? Oh, I thought it was on. My bad. That's all right, buddy. Hi. There you are. So, Look, I wore my Christmas hat for you. Everyone's oh, uh, being cool. very festive. And, you know, Jack- Jackie... <laughs> You know that's seventy percent. Uh, like again, how do, how does that happen? Like nobody else can do that, but it happens within government, and it's just no wonder people get pissed off. But anyway, well, the worst is the worst is the the defense by some of the Trudeau appointed senators. Of course, none of them were around during the expense scandal um, eight years ago. So mm. 
the excuses they put forward were, we need all these people to help us because we're doing good work here. We're doing good work. And Canadians just need to know that they're getting, you know, what they're getting for that work. They just mm-hmm. need to know that we're working for that. Well, mm-hmm. you, good luck. Good luck mm-hmm. selling that. I know Tori brought this up mm-hmm. when uh, John was on with us a couple of uh, segments ago. And, and I've been saying this term limit. I've been harping on that for the last couple of years about how, you know, in the private sector, you volunteer for a board. And usually it's for a term of, of volunteering to help out a a situation or a company. And we need more of that in government. We need people to get into government, do what they can, not suck at the teat of the trough or whatever, and then just get out and go back to being a private citizen. It's politicians that are making a career, which is a lot of them, you know, Canadians and and Americans. Those are the ones that really, you know, I don't, I'm not saying they don't have a vested interest in helping, but they're not as, it's not an urgency if you're going to do this job for the rest of your life. I think it depends on the person um, because I've seen some people who are there who do great work the whole time that they're there. So I I really do. I think, and and there are some, and I think I've said this to you before, even with the age limit for senators, because you now have to retire at 75, it used to be a lifetime appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some senators who, when they're forced out at 75, I'm really sad to see them go because I know that we're losing someone really valuable and that even at 75 they're still going as strong as they ever were whereas there are others who are 65 and you're like Oof, yeah 10 more years huh but if i may but <laughs> so may, yeah. me, but, I think it really but does guys listen we, we know anyone in any job for too long no matter how good you are at it it's just natural there's going to be a decline in interest in energy in anything and i don't you know listen you can say what you want about a 75 year old they're just not as effective and again, I don't want to argue with you because this is a Christmas show. No, but yeah, I get it. But from a Canadian yeah. standpoint, that is There's a break- institutional memory. That is a breakthrough, Howard, like from a Canadian standpoint. Oh, yeah, I know. Because they used to die there in the Senate. I know. And the fact that it was pulled back. To, <laughs> exactly. Well, they did. It was pulled back to 75. It's like, well, there's some progress, at least. Fred, they make airline captains retire at 65 for a reason. They're just not as sharp. No, I know. Uh, but well, Jackie, let's, I want to talk, but you know what? There's also the, yeah, go ahead. This, okay. Go ahead. Finish your point. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, no. I, I was just going to say there's, there's also, thank you. There's also institutional memory, right? That comes with it. And that's what I'm saying about these Trudeau appointees. Now they don't remember what it was like eight years ago when we went through that scandal. So you, you know, you have other centers there who do, and they're not making those same mistakes again. So there's something to be said for institutional memory as well. Okay, you can carry on now, sorry, sir. Mm-hmm. So no, what ab- good point, good point. What about yeah. Jackie uh, during the holiday season? You look great, festive, I love that hat, and those glasses are cool. You're just cool. Uh, what will you do? Do you, uh, Your family is in Ottawa. Do, how, and you're really one of the few people on the show that doesn't have their own podcast. Will you be starting one soon? Oh, hell no. I'm getting... Going back to, uh, you know, not being as sharp and everything. I'm too old for that, Howard. Oh, I, I disagree. I, just, I don't have the energy. Well, yes, you, you know do what? need some energy. I just energy. don't have the energy for it. But you're a great because broadcaster. Do you not miss broadcasting you. at all? I do, but that's why I love coming on with you guys. You give me my my hit, you, you know? it's I get my yeah. little, my I tap my arm and get my <laughs> hit. It's good. It exercises <laughs> that muscle. Just good enough for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, what about the holidays? So enjoy what, our time what, together. Thank you. What do you What were you doing during Ottawa's uh, Christmas uh, storm? 
I bailed from Ottawa. I left and uh, came to Montreal to spend time with friends. I have uh, a couple of different groups of friends here. So the last few years during the pandemic, I started coming to Montreal for Christmas. Nice. Because I was already spending time with the people. So to keep the circle small during the early days of the pandemic. Um, so now it's it's become a tradition, I feel. This is the um, fourth year. So it's it's become a real tradition. So... I'm enjoying Montreal, but I think Montreal's going to get hit as well, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the storm. It's, it's plowing right through. I don't know if we're going to survive it. Yeah. Did you get your, did you get oh, your survival no. kit? Uh, Fred, does your survival uh, kit have candles, dolls bark? Uh, Howard, I'm so afraid I'm paralyzed. I don't know what bark. to do. Yeah. Doll, Fred's wife makes this, uh, it's kind of like candy crack, and it's become a tradition around here that it started off uh, very Ooh. small. She used to give me some. And it's interesting because my kids, who are you know little Jewish babies, both of them, well, it, it's not Christmas around here unless Fred's wife's uh, bark is part of the uh, menu. And I got a note from them yesterday. They're like, "Did you get? Did you get the bark?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, easy, everybody." <laughs> that's all they care about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bark. That's all they care about. That's all yeah. they care about. They're like in a sweat and the panic. <laughs> that's scratching right. At their necks. But it is weird, Howard, because she left some on the couch yesterday, and you just keep going back. It's that's the problem with it. Once you have a little bit, you just got to keep at it. Yeah. Why don't you describe it's to Jackie something. what what it actually is? Because it's really something. Well, you've probably had bark before. It's like you know, it's like uh, uh, saltine crackers, and then it has sort of like a sugary base, and then it's covered with chocolate, and then. Um, and then cooled off and then cracked into pieces. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah, it. It's like, yeah. It's like everything but the kitchen sink goes into it. Yeah, more. No? Yeah. Well, not, not not really, but anyway, it's very simple, but very delicious. It, it almost like... It, I've it, had it. Yeah, it's almost like a... It's almost like not quite peanut brittle <laughs> It's got the consistency of peanut brittle, but it's chocolatey, and it's soft, yes. but it's not hard. And here's yes. what I did. I brought it home yesterday, and I put it away. And my kids are going to be here starting Saturday, and I said to myself, okay, wait don't till... Touch don't touch it. Wait till Saturday, because of what you just said. I know once I open it, and I let that demon out... That's all I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be like, <laughs> my kids will come here. I'm like some heroin addict surrounded by old bark and I got chocolate on my face. Anyways, Jackie. A uh, trench coat. That's right. With a hat on and you're like, hey, I got a little bit of bark. That's right. You got any bark for me? Terrible. <laughs> Where's the bark at? Uh, uh, Jackie Delaney, what a, what a great, uh, great thing it is that you come on our show from time to time. We appreciate your perspective, uh, not only on broadcasting, but on what's going on in Ottawa. And I hope you have a great, uh, wonderful Christmas. And uh, we will see you uh, in the Aww. new year. All the best to you and your family. And uh, thanks for uh, dropping in on the uh, last show of the year, my friend. Love spending time with you guys and look forward to doing more of it in the new year. So Merry Christmas to you both and Happy Hanukkah, Howard. Thank you, my friend. That's Jackie Delaney, who is the... Uh, have a good one, Jackie. We're not sure what her title is. She's in charge, of the, she's in charge of the Senate of Canada now, which is awesome. Enjoy your time in Montreal. I'm just going to tell Noel to stand by. I'm just going to boot over here for a second. Okay, I'll be right back. Yeah, you go ahead. I'm going to play uh, something I've been saving for everyone. Uh, one of my favorite comedians... 
I don't mention him enough, is a guy named Gary Gullman. And uh, he's just a terrific stand-up. He's just a great, like, very funny, but also a great practitioner. Um, and uh, this is a little piece of his. It's about 30 seconds long, talking about uh, Hanukkah is uh, being, or how being Jewish. You'll like this, Freddie. This is him talking about how being Jewish is like being Canadian. Hang on. Oh, that's great. I've been saving this clip all week, and now it won't play. Why is that, Frederick? Who is it? I'm sorry. It's a guy I like. Um, no, I've lost it. Okay. Sorry, everybody. I'm not going to be able to play that for you. I'll bet you, uh, I bet you Noel is a friend. Is a, well, he probably knows him, but I bet you Noel knows Gary Gullman or has heard of Gary Gullman. Noel knows everybody. Gullman. Noel, you know, are you a fan of Gary Gullman's? Yeah, I love Gary Gullman. Yeah, me too. He's great. I had he this... likes my tweets sometimes, and I'm very proud. I actually learned a lot from him when I started in comedy. He was a, he's a good kind of teacher, too. Well, I will tell you this. He liked a tweet of mine a couple years ago, and it gave me a weird Twitter charge. Right. Um, I'm trying to find this, uh, this bit that I, I, I guess it's gone from my computer, but it was basically saying that Jewish people are like Canadians, and the premise is, Freddie, how you know Canadians be like, we always tell people, did you know that guy was Canadian? And that's what Jewish people are like. Did you know that this so-and-so was actually Jewish? Um, Noel Kassler is uh, definitely an FOJ, friend of Jews. And uh, for the last uh, year and a, and a bit, uh, by the way, speaking of which, did you, you like that uh, bit of Ari Shafir? It. That's good, I huh? loved it. Talk about smart Jewish humor. Dude. I mean, yeah. So funny. I, I sent uh, Noel after his last appearance, the uh, Ari Shafir special. Um, and Noel is back just briefly to say hello to everyone. Uh, when I, we first met you, I don't think you had a podcast. That's a correct. I did not. And now you do it. Uh, just give us some background on it. How long has it been going on? How often do you do it? Um, I think it's been going on almost a year and a half. I do it weekly. Jane Lynch just retweeted my podcast and said it was a gift to everybody. Nice. You know, if they listened, which is crazy because I never think of anybody listening, especially somebody like Jane Lynch. But it's basically me talking to the camera for an hour saying things I shouldn't say. <laughs> you know, I break down the week's political stuff and then I tell personal stories from my life and the, you know, the celebrity stories and all that stuff, you know. It's fun. Well, I'm a... Uh... Uh, listen, you're a big winner here on the uh, Humble and Fred show, so I can imagine uh, it has a pretty good following. That's it's pretty sure. decent. Yeah, mm. people, it's got a community. You know, I'm always surprised that people listen, and then you do mm. a live show, you know, and people are like, oh, I listen to the podcast. I love it. You know, yeah. it's, it saves your butt. It, like, does the speaking for you before you show up. You, you know? know, and and, and I'm you. that's not easy to do. Like, he and I have each other. We can talk. You know, a lot of days we have no guests. We do an hour and 40 minutes of just this. But we have each other to play off of, and we've been doing it for 30-some-odd years. It's not easy to just sit there. And, and staring into the camera. We have a friend up here, Larry Fedoric, who did his talk show like that, just on his own. Do you do it like hit record? Without calls. Without calls. Yeah. No calls. Yeah. Do you do yeah. it like hit record, talk for 55, and then shut it down, or do you do any editing? No, I do it like you said, because I don't know how to edit. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> I, great. I, I press play. I hit record. 
And then I grab a guitar and I play the intro music myself. That's so I'll great, play man. whatever comes out, you know, for 30 seconds. And then I just, yeah, I talk for an hour. And it ends up being more like a Spalding Gray kind of monologue. Yeah, man. You know, that it's almost that's what I like about doing it is like not having a net and not really knowing where it's going. But a theme always emerges. You know, I'll talk about the week's politics and sort of the overarching issues in that, you know, because mm-hmm. it all comes down to like a spiritual sickness in my country, right? right? If I'm talking about politics, there's an underlying rot that needs to be pointed out, you know? On that note, have you bought your NFT yet? From Trump? <laughs> yeah, well, I he... got all four. I'll trade you a Trump Texas Ranger for right. Trump astronaut. I love I love Trump astronaut. My favorite part of that is if you read the fine print or not the fine print when he was dealt, when he was doing the uh, the speaking part there. He said these are like exciting and these are like from my life. And I said to Freddie, what part of your life were you a fucking astronaut? <laughs> when did that part happen? An America needs a superhero. Who gave you that designation, sir? Um, It's insane. It's insane. You know, and the the funny thing about that is he's basically admitting, like, I have no chance of being president again. Right? Yeah. That's a last ditch. Like, I just want the last money grab I can do. Like, there's nothing serious about my candidacy anymore. That's what Howard and I were talking about. It's an obvious scream that the guy needs some cash. Yeah. And is that to defend himself yeah, over the next absolutely. several months? Like, wow. No. Yeah. Like, wow. I'll tell you, Freddie and I worked for a billionaire, like an actual billionaire. worth. Right. Like, we knew him. Mm-hmm. He was our boss for a while. He didn't need $4 million, Trust me. We, yeah. we would buy him lunch the odd time as a joke, like, to be, yeah. you know, but he didn't need $4 million for anything. A hundred percent. You know, there's a bunch of billionaires who live in my town. Bloomberg lives next door, like far next door, (laughs) you know, but he's the next house, his daughter. Those guys lie low and they don't ask you for stuff. When I worked on Celebrity Apprentice and his kids started showing up, I'm like, this guy's not a billionaire. If my Mm -hmm. dad's a billionaire, I'm not on his TV show on Sunday night. I'm in Monte Carlo racing, you know what I mean? Lamborghini or something. Yeah, it's just it's. Uh, well, again. you you said it. It's it's almost like, it's almost like we've now gotten to a point where it's just parody. You know, I didn't see SNL, but I know they were doing a bit. It's almost like he's doing a parody of a character of a parody. But when he came out and when his when that was his big announcement last week, because we all thought it was going to be something political. Mm-hmm. And there's also I was going to say the fine print that says this money is not for a political campaign. It was for his personal use. Right. And again, if you're a billionaire, your interest is $4 million a day. It's not, you don't need that money. So do you have any insight as to why he did it or what he needed the money for? Yeah, he's broke. He needs the money to, to sort of stay liquid, right? He always has a problem with liquidity in all of his businesses, you know, and his taxes are coming out in a matter of days, right? Or later today or tomorrow. We've already seen some of that info. He's never been as rich as he pretended to be, right? Everybody knows that. But he also has sort of a big infrastructure that costs a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. His, his, you know, his clubs, all that kind of stuff. You know, he doesn't work. He doesn't have nothing really generates income for him, right? So he just needs cash. And he's also greedy. You know, the thing I tell people about Trump, he's blown more money in his life than most people will ever see. Right. Oh, easy. Yeah. He got 400 million from his old man and in an inheritance. He'd lost it in a matter of years when he got the contract at M- M- NBC 
to do the first apprentice, not the celebrity one I worked on, the regular one with just Joe Schmo or whatever. He was broke. Mark Burnett bailed him out. He was about to go bankrupt again, and he already had five bankruptcies under his belt at that point. You know? And you know what we, what we learned from the NFT thing as well, and we're seeing that through January 6th, he will not take direction. Now, you can believe those around him before this NFT thing said, you know, that's probably image-wise not the best thing you want to do right, right. now. And he right. probably said, well, it doesn't listen <laughs> doesn't to listen anybody. Yet. Yeah, well said. I'll tell you, if I were running against Mm -hmm. him, if I were Mm -hmm. DeSantis or whoever's going to be anointed, all I would do is just put those in my uh, TV spots and go, do you want this guy, astronaut Trump? Do you want a guy who thinks his life was a cowboy, an astronaut? He's like a seven-year-old kid. Yeah. He he Um, is very much like a seven-year-old kid. That's hilarious. Yeah, his opponent should just have a poster (laughs) as an astronaut. And then his name, vote for the other guy. Yeah. You know? uh, before we let you go, here's a little bit of uh, Noel playing his guitar. Pretty good there, kid. Uh, the Noel Kassler podcast. Uh, he also does this car rant, which I really enjoy. And I'm just looking now. I'm not saying it's because of the Humble and Fred show, but I don't think you had 405,000 Twitter followers when we first met you, I'm just saying, to your credit, you've really built this brand up over the last couple of years, and we're thrilled for you, man. Thank you. You guys have been a big part of that. No joke. You know, I love Canada. We all know that. I love Canadian bands. I love Canadian culture. I love Canadian people. And I got a lot more Canadian followers since I've been doing the show. So I always make a point to point it out. And I am beyond thrilled. And I'm going to spend the rest of the day bragging that Stephen Page is on a couple guests after. Well, listen, man. Biggest bare naked ladies fan. You know, I ran into Ed at Glastonbury at like a food stand. I was like getting a, you know, a Donner kebab or something. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're from the bare naked ladies. And he was buying lunch with his kid. He's like, yeah, we just played. I was like, ah, I missed you, you know? Uh-huh. Well, right. we, we, don't, I, we don't ask you to do this, but I would be cool if you could uh, tweet out that Stephen was on our show. Uh, I because, did. yeah, I'm great. I, well, I appreciate it. And this, this thing, mm-hmm. this bare naked ladies association with the two of us. You know, it goes back to literally our very first Christmas thing that we did years ago. And uh, we can't believe it keeps showing up year after year. And, and same with you. All the best for the holidays. Uh, we'll get you on early in the new year. And, and thanks again for uh, all you do for us. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Have a great holiday. Okay, pal. Stay warm. Okay, Noel. <laughs> yeah, you Good too. To see you, buddy. Uh, there's Bye, Noel Kassler, the uh, Noel Kassler uh, stand-up uh, comic, you know, all that stuff that he does. All that stuff he does. Let me get you some music here. Oh, here we go. Um, are you all done? You're all caught up, right? Have you done the Sherpa yet? Yes, sir. Okay. Can you just... Uh, can you just take Sing? a few seconds? Yes. I don't know. Do something. I'll be right back, okay? Um... My wife just came down into the uh, recreation room and asked if she needed to make an appearance this year. And Howard and I, we really hadn't discussed family family members being on the show. Um, So no, hon, you don't. Unless you want to. And I think I know the answer to that. That's fine. We're good. If we need you, we'll give you a call. And just a reminder, there's a new Humble and Fred offering where you get your favorite podcasts. It's the 
Well, it's our new travel podcast. It's called Aging with Energy, the old guy's travel show. Please, over the holidays, download and enjoy. Help us build those numbers up as well. That would be, uh, we'd be very appreciative of that. Um, Howard is gone for a, a week, I do believe. Or I hope it's not something tragic. He dashed. What well, was that? Just a leak? Or no, I've been drinking too much. I drink. I drink hey. so much water now. I was just conversing with Delise, and she yeah. came down. Do you, did, was I supposed to be on again this year? And Aww. I said, No, we really didn't do the family thing this year. That's uh, no, it's fine. But she Dolly, wishes, Dolly wishes everyone the best. A Merry Christmas. Love to you all. Thank you for the great reviews on her bark and mm. so on. And um. Mm-hmm. We're going to speak. Oh, actually, we do have some family on. This is uh, our next guest is uh, the sister of our uh, one of our business partners. I was mentioning Ryan McCallum off the top of the show, and we're going to get to Lisa in a second. I would tell you, being at uh, your house yesterday, um, you, you worried me because I, I was sitting in the dining. I don't even know what you call that area. I don't usually sit there. I'm not usually I'm not usually allowed into the main part of the home because you know. Because you're shed. <laughs> you know, they don't like riffraff into that area. Yeah. But uh, I was sitting there, and I guess the light did. But I, I, you, you thought I'd look dead or deathly. And, of course, I was worried about it all day because I'm on all this uh, medication. But I, I feel good. To me, you didn't seem to have that normal, lively, olive complexion that you ha- usually have. How about today? Do I see more? Do I see well, more? It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's too hard so to tell. You seemed a little darker under the eyes, but you said you'd been struggling with some sleep, so that's fine. Well, okay. I was just, you know. I'm worried now. Of well, course, I, and of listen, course, Dolly. When, when, when you left, I thought, I hope he doesn't have an accident now, because he'll be obsessed with <laughs> But Doll is so sweet, you know, because you were probably right. I probably do look a little paler than normal. I'm on blood, yeah. you know, thinners or whatever they are, beta blockers. So uh, my circulation is different. But Doll, Doll can't say a bad word about anything. She's like, no, no, Howard is fine. Howard is just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and I, I tell, tell Doll, like I tried the bark at your place yesterday. But I'm serious. I'm not going to crack open the, the mother load until the kids get here. Because once I start eating it, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I will tell her. But she's very kind to have given uh, me and the girls uh, our own personal stash. And granola. Oh, God. I know. It's, it, was a big, it was a big year for us. It was quite the haul. It was a, well, I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, by the way, yeah. you, you came to my home with gifts. Um, you know, I didn't know the dollar store sold wine. Yeah, I just, but you know, I got two for one. <laughs> was, did you open up the bag yet? Yeah, I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. Wow. But here, speaking of doll, get a load of this. So I look at the wine and I said, what can I say tomorrow? Oh, I know what I'm going to say to Howard. I'm going to say it's amazing what wine you can get for five bucks now. No, oh, that's very funny. And Doll came up with the line. No, say I didn't know the dollar store sold wine. <laughs> I got a so that was our little that was our little uh, husband and wife bit, little right? writing session. Because I'll tell tell Doll that's a funnier line than the five dollar line. That's very funny. Oh, it is. I oh, told yeah. her on the spot. I said that's the one I'm using. No, well, I'm telling you right now. I I didn't. I went beyond the dollar store for you too. I want you to know that. No, I know. Um, it's beautiful. Um, listen, let's get right to Lisa. Lisa, you know, it's funny. You don't know us. We're just two old guys yelling at each other. I do know you guys. But uh, when your brother, who we think so much of, when he said, yes. hey, 
My sister is an artist, and I had this conversation with Ryan. Our biggest fear when this happens to us over the years is that that person who you're there recommending is going to be horrible. (laughs) Because it's like, hey, my kid does this thing. You're like, oh, my God. But then I heard your music, and I said to Freddie, I said, no, no, no. Lisa McEwen is a professional. Just give us a little background, Lisa, on who you are and, and what you're, where you are in music. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. And yeah, my, my big brother, he's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So I actually was born in Oakville and, um, and I just always loved singing. I think I came out singing. Nobody in my whole family plays anything or sing, but I just, I wouldn't shut up. And so I just, that's all I did. And then I, you know, I learned piano so that I could sing and then I learned guitar so that I could sing. And then I um, ended up going to Humber College for music. And mm-hmm. after that, I was like, I'm going to Nashville. Something about, I had heard country music when I was in my teen years and it just clicked. It was like, that's the music for me. Cause no one really listened to country music around uh, like when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I took off to Nashville and I just had this dream of writing songs and singing. And so it was an incredible experience. I actually lived down there for about six years and I got a publishing deal there, which is pretty amazing being Canadian, you know, it's tough to kind of tough to break in there and things like that. So, well, that's intimidating for yeah. a young Canadian to go down to Nashville. Cause I've been there even in the bars for Granite. The people are so talented beyond reason. It's oh. crazy. Yeah. You think you're good and then you get there and you're like, Oh, okay. I got yeah. some work to do. Well, it's yeah. like that. It's like that old story of, you know, I thought I wanted to be a songwriter until I met some, the people that really wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so six years there and you've got some stuff published and what yeah. song, so are you going to sing one of your originals for us this morning? I would love to. So, you know, it's funny because I, I love singing and writing slow songs, you know, as most singers do. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's just that it's just a thing. Right. But a couple of years ago, um, I was inspired to write a fast, fun Christmas song. So I thought that would be the perfect song to share with everyone. Today. And what's the name of the song, Lisa McEwen? This is called Merry in Christmas. And uh, well, at the end of the song, we'll let everyone know where to find you. Let me hear the uh, guitars when I get a level from you. Yep. That's fine. All right. Here's Lisa McEwen. And uh, the song that you just told us a second ago that I've already forgotten the name of. Mar- what is Mary it? Merry in Christmas. Merry in Christmas. All right. And she's more than just Ryan McCallum's little sister. I love it. I love it. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> you put the merry and Christmas on the lights are twinkling the lights are twinkling you're on the wish list oh you put the merry and Christmas oh yeah stringing the popcorn running the lights around the tree do you know how much I Watching the snowfall, cuddling up right next to you. 
That's great, Lisa McEwen, everybody. Thank great you job, Lisa. Very Aww. good. And, and you built that yourself. Crazy. I sure did. All by myself. I'll buy your lonesome. Not only did uh, you get all the looks in the family, but also the talent, too. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks so much. Oh, man, listen. Awesome. I've just been enjoying, enjoying listening. To well, we're something. Uh, Lisa McEwen, where do people find out more about you and your music? Sure, they can find me on all the streaming platforms. You can hear any of my original music, of course, and on YouTube. And you can connect with me on Facebook, Lisa McEwen, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm actually at Body, Mind, and Music One, number one, because uh, yeah, I do a lot of music and mindfulness as well. So, well, that's Body, cool, Mind, man. And music One, yeah. Uh, all the best you. to you. Thanks for uh, thinking about uh, you know our show and making time for us today. We wish you the best of the holidays and. Good luck tomorrow during the generational storm and uh, the bomb cyclone that's about to go off here in southern Ontario. I mean, it's so weird looking out of the street here. It's a beautiful sunny day in Toronto. There's no snow on the ground. Uh, And so take care of yourself, okay? I will. Thank you so much. All right, sweet person. Take care. Thank Um, you. I meant to tell you that yesterday when I was driving into your neighborhood. I was, uh, I haven't been up there in a, a few weeks, I guess, to that area. And, uh, man, I was surprised. You have way more snow than me. Oh, yes. Like, I got no snow. No, no, you just said no snow down there. And I haven't, uh, well, it's been over a week since I've been below Highway 7. So that's usually the uh, divider, it seems. What, Highway 7? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's been, um, it's been the same temperature, but it's so weird sometimes down here by the lake where, uh, Whatever snow we had was gone, but uh, it is going to be something else. Last uh, in the next couple of days, I was telling you before the show, both of my kids are in the states. I looked at the forecast for Colorado, where Charlie is, and the core in the forecast New York, where Spencer is tomorrow. I don't think uh, it's not a matter of getting away from those centers. It's a matter of coming here tomorrow afternoon. I looked at the hourly forecast. Ready? They're calling for like huge snow squalls, and and. Uh, like 40 to 90 kilometer an hour winds, which are not great for air travel. Yes, I know. The only thing I could hold on to maybe is when they really, really pump these things up. Often they're not as bad as they say. Hopefully in this situation, that is the case. But yeah, I you hope know you're what, right, Howard? dude. Yeah. Only time will tell. Well, that's so profound. Did Doll write that for you, too? <laughs> oh, no, I know. She's just off the side here. She's just handing you shit. Notes. Oh, here, say this. Uh-huh. Here, Freddie, say this. Fred, say this. It's funny. But, it, but she was sweet. She came down because traditionally we have some family members on. And, you know, she's very shy and asked if we needed her this morning. So, Well, listen, man, there's no morning that we don't need her considering, you no. know. How uh, sweet she is. Her writing uh, skills. Her writing skills alone. Dan Duran, um, we didn't really plan on uh, the news, but we did want you to get in here before uh, Stephen. So uh, why don't you uh, tell us what you're up to, and then when we get Stephen, you just can stand by, and then we'll have you shut down the show. All right. And uh, So you're going to be going today back to Peterborough. No, what are you doing? What are your plans? My plans are a day of shopping, and then... uh... (laughs) And then I'm going to head uh, probably first thing tomorrow morning back to uh, to Peterborough and then hang out with my uh, lovely girlfriend, Lisa, for GFL. the holiday part. Yeah. And then uh, my son's going to come in on the 27th uh, to my world for the rest of the uh, the holiday time there. 
and uh, yeah, sort of uh, hang out and enjoy the uh, enjoy the uh, snow and the experience uh, hanging around, you know, little fires in the backyard and that kind of thing. It's going to be fun. So you're you're but you're leaving here today. You're going to go to your job site or whatever, and then stay over there yeah. tonight. Okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, give everyone an update on what's going on with Clifford because he was definitely uh, better last night when he came in. Yeah, no, he was, uh, you know, he's, I think he re-injured himself as opposed, he's an old dog at 13. You think other things, but uh, it seems that he's just injured himself as a, uh, in his back and his, his leg or something like that. So it's not a hip thing that the vet said that it's, that's not what's going on right now. And uh, so he's just got to heal and be a little bit, but he's, you know, he's wagging his tail again. So that's good. good. This morning, the first thing he was hanging out with Stan and, and doing their thing. So, yeah, it's going to be nice. Well, that's good to hear. That's encouraging because every you know, day you can squeeze out of a, a dog of that breed past 13 is a blessing. I know. Oh, Jesus. See, that's all. You know what? Your prayers have been answered now. That's See, right. How? Yeah, you know, because it's <laughs> sometimes when I'm going up to bed, I'll just mm-hmm. drop by Dan's room and he's there in his uh, nightgown like a. Like you see in the old movies, he's got a night coat, night night shirt that he wears, and he's carrying sne- a candle, carrying a candle, near light. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> kneeling down by the bed, and dear baby Jesus, please make Clifford's back leg be- feel better. I know you're busy doing all your Jesus stuff for the holidays. Yeah. Don't now, forget me kneeling next to the bed. That part you left. Now you kneel next to the bed with your candle, your picture, yeah. and you're yeah. and you have that stocking on your head. Yes. <laughs> right, and you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, with Santa Claus. Now, does Jesus the does Jesus help Santa deliver the presents, or does he <laughs> stay out of that malarkey? Dan, with that yes. bell ringing, you should volunteer for the Salvation Army, you know, and collect for them. Because you're the Thank type you. of guy. You're a man of the Lord, and you're all goodness and yeah. sharing. Yeah, bells I will be ringing. Do well, you think he uh, should spend some time he doing does, that? Howard? He does. He does what Collecting he does. Collecting for the salvation of He does his good works with this homeless people. Yes, he does. Uh, Daniel, yes, what have you put together for us today? Uh, now you got it, right? Oh, hold on a second. Am I, what am so I playing? Am, am I'm going to play that. Uh, hang on, Don. Uh, no, no. Why is this? I want this to stop. Hold on. Okay. Uh, I do see it now. I will take one second. Uh, why don't you set this up for us while I uh, load it? Well, over the uh, over the uh, the time I've been on the show, our our lovely friend Darren has contributed a uh, a piece of audio which uh, comes back every once in a while. And it's time to make it festive, so the ye that Darren uh, brings to all of us has uh, he got together with uh, Pentatonix, and uh, and now there's a piece of audio that we'd like to uh, bring to you for your holiday time. Okay, so just ahead of Stephen Page, who is getting himself uh, ready in his uh, home studio, here's our offering. We call this the Christmas Yee. Yeah. 
of all the people of all the people that have ever opened for Stephen Page, that's got to be the most annoying. Uh, that was great, yeah, Dan. I was going to say to Stephen, that's the state of comedy on the Harvard <laughs> Fred right. show now. That's a beautiful story there. Yeah. Isn't oh, that? I was tearing up. Yeah, nothing says the story of the Christ child like some guy Ooh. screaming like a banshee. Uh, Dan will come back in a minute or two to close the show for uh, the better part of uh, three decades. We've been blessed. Yes, blessed uh, to have our friend Stephen Page join us. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Um, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. This is uh, I got my Hanukkah T-shirt this morning. I love Let's that. This is night five, I think, night five or something. I don't it know. Is. Yeah, I just put the candles in the house before, in the uh the menorah before I left the house. It's funny because I won't light candles until the kids get here, and I think they're both going to be here on Saturday, which is good because usually I'll, we only do it for a couple days before you forget to do it, you know? Right. Yes. I've been trying to do it. Actually, you know what? I left them on the on the table, like right. in the menorah last night, but not lit. And my mm-hmm. wife was like, aren't you going to just do it? I'm like, well, there's nobody here. Like, my kids aren't here. Right. She doesn't celebrate so it's like what I mean, just do it but freddie freddie that's a, it's a jewish tradition that you basically like do the first couple of nights it's like people starting their own mm-hmm. podcast they do yes, two or three right. episodes and then they stop or exercising yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's right um but uh yeah go no, ahead. i was gonna say uh, Stephen. uh you know we're just thrilled that once again you've answered the call uh Really, after all these years, you don't obviously don't roll your eyes and think of something else. It's great. We appreciate it. No, it's, especially after all these years, you go. Oh, mm. Of course, I'm going to do that. If they if they want me back, I'm happy to come and come and celebrate. Well, As listen, always. it's I've saw echo those sentiments. Like, yeah, we want you to come back, but we're always like, oh, call Steve, see if he'll do this. And when they say yes, we're like, oh, well, that's kind of nice. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not that far from us. You you just to remind everyone, like your studio there, and by the way. Uh, two questions. That where's your where's your studio again? And are you still doing the Stephen Page, you know, weekly concerts that you started during COVID? Uh, the studio is in Syracuse, New York. Right. So, you know, kind of halfway between Toronto mm-hmm. and New York City. And uh, I still do the live from homes. I just did the ninety fifth show. Wow. Last Saturday, the holiday. Wow. Next one, taking taking New Year's off. So next one is not till January seventh. But uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been awesome doing it, and then back on the road touring and new album out this past fall, so all that kind of stuff. When you do your live froms, uh, you probably told us this before. Are you getting? A, is there like, will a thousand people join? A hundred people? I don't have any perspective on those. It, at the height of pandemic, like in the er, in in like mid to twenty twenty, I was getting a thousand, which was the which is the max you can get on Zoom. Uh, when it's not like a webinar, like when it's right. when people mm-hmm. each other, so that's what I was getting for the first bit, and then it, it's leveled off now. Like now, it's, it's probably at the bottom, and it's around between two and three hundred. But and you enjoy doing it because it gives you a chance to exercise your performance muscle every week. I love it, and the well, and the other thing is that there's this great community that happens now. Like now, these people who were locked inside for two years they got to know each other in the chat and they can see each other in the screens and whatever else. So it's like that created this sense of community. They jump on the call. I open it up like two hours in advance uh, and they get down there and just have a, like a, you know, a little bit of a social life. And now that I'm back on the road, they can meet up in person. Mm-hmm. It's really great. So yeah, I'm happy to keep doing it. Cause it but quickly, speaking of a sense of community, is Syracuse a good community to live in for uh, a fellow from Scarborough? You know, I spent a lot of time not engaged at all here. Okay. Part of me is like, well, I'm a, I'm a Canadian guy. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't vote here no matter how many, 
unless I become a citizen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, no matter like what I whether I pay property taxes or anything else, doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. I was I shouldn't really really be getting involved. But over the last bunch of years, like last handful of years, yes, I have gotten more involved. It's weird things like like actually turning on the radio, actually watching local TV news, like mm-hmm. stuff that I did because I was kind of cable cut kind of guy and listening to my streaming stuff, whatever else. I realized once I started to engage that way, then I started to actually kind of care about sure. the community. Well, because you have a sense of the community from being mm-hmm. more involved in it. It's like that circle. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, man, I, I don't know how much of your time we have. I know you're going to do a couple of songs. Sure. Uh, that's, that would be great if you, uh, if you don't mind. And um, I know I, I just I look down. I, I don't have a sense. What are you going to do? Are you going to do Christmas or are you going to do some? Uh... Here, why don't I do, why don't I do one, of my, my, one of my Hanukkah songs since we're talking Hanukkah? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do, uh, then I'll do the old classic, the old chestnut. Well, I'll tell you what. I told a friend of mine the story of uh, when you played our uh, Christmas uh, event at when we were at Mojo, and Fred and I had joined the NDP. Remember that fun? And Thank you. Uh, Thank you <laughs> and uh, you and Jack Layton bribed us. But uh, I was telling my buddy last night about uh, learning to play Brian Wilson and then playing it with you is literally one of the thrills of my radio life. And uh, and I I love watching you play it because you know. You wrote it and everything. So we're going to do a little Hanukkah and then some Brian Wilson, and then we're going to say goodbye for 2022. Okay, Steve? Excellent. Let's do it. All right. How lucky are we that we have lights so that we can see. Although the day is done. What a miracle that a spark lifts these candles out of the dark. Every evening, one by one, until the end of Hanukkah, of Hanukkah, with the jingle bells and the toys, and the TV shows and the noise, it's easy to forget. At the end of the day, our whole family will say these words for Hanukkah. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Shaking We light the candles for Hanukkah for Hanukkah. We remember how Maccabees fought so So we celebrate On this festival of the lights There's a joyful time every night Would be illuminate The candles of Hanukkah Of 
Unbelievable, my friend. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, happy Hanukkah. And, uh, you know, it's hearing you sing that well at this time of the day, mm-hmm. um, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I get up earlier now. That's, one, that's, a po- that's a pandemic thing for me, too. Like, I started when the th- everything started, I was getting up at, like, 4.30. in a p- complete panic. Right. Uh, and the panic mm-hmm. has, has waned, but I'm still getting up early. So I had a mm-hmm. couple hours to kind of. Loosen the loosen yeah. the throat. Well, that Jeez, was great. As a, as a rock star, you used to go to bed at four thirty, right? Exactly. Yes, that's, that's right. What I think about in the old and days when I'm, when I'm back on the road and we've got to like do a gig, right? Finish at eleven and then you pack up and get to the hotel and it's two o'clock. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I can't exist. Mm-hmm. This. No, it's yeah. funny being. Well, we're mm-hmm. we're well older anyway. than you, but you're aging as well, my brother. And well, I, it's funny. I I. Uh, you know, I had a chance to do uh, some stand-up recently, and I thought, I don't know if I can stay up till 10.30. I really don't. Yeah. That's how I feel. It's like I'm going on stage, and it's 9 o'clock, and I'm like, I'm knee-deep in Brit Box. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's I should be in front of the TV. Um, before you play mm. this last song for us, and again, you know, mm. so many times you've played it, and you know it's my favorite, and Freddie loves it. I wondered, while you were playing the Hanukkah song, I thought to myself, do you recall, or is there a memory, a sense of, when you play Brian Wilson, can you think of the moment you started to fool around with the chords and then you kind of, it all came together and does it ever sort of, do you, do you, did you have a sense when you were writing it that, oh, this is pretty good? Uh, I can I can actually remember. I remember sitting in my parents' basement in Richmond Hill and, uh, and like, I remember where I was sitting, just like kind of on the floor by the stereo, fiddling around with that. And I think really what I was thinking of, I don't think I, I knew if it was good or not. I mean, I think when you're that age and you become a musician, you have to decide that everything you do is good. Otherwise, you won't do it. I think crippling self-doubt comes later. <laughs> That's right. After 50. Um, yes. Or, you know, even after 25 or after first album. But like in order to get to that point where you, you're just collecting stuff and like, hey, guys, what do you think of this? This is great. But I had been listening to, I mean, I was such a big fan of Spirit of the West. And I knew the song, um, uh, um, you know, whatever the big, the, um, now it's slipped, me, it slipped my mind. The name Drunk for the, uh, yeah, um, uh, the. I know what you mean. Uh, Home for a Rest. Home for the Rest. Yeah, yeah. Home for a Rest. So, you know how it starts with, you know, like it starts with, I have to excuse me. I'm not at my best. I've been home for Mm. a week. I've been drunk since I left. And it's like kind of slow. And then he repeats it double time at the end. I thought, oh, that's a cool thing. The first verse is the same as the end, but the energy is different. And that was like the entryway into writing Brian Wilson, where it starts with a a down-tempo version that ends up being sung at the end up tempo and, and before you took it to the band or in those days i'm not sure how it worked but did you have a little like you and ed were like hey I, I think this is a little bit of a something what do you think or did you have it actually finished and then said hey guys listen to this 
I had it pretty well finished, although, like, for instance, the feel of it, like kind of the general groove, a lot of that came from Jim and, and Tyler, the way that they play together. They kind of came up with that bunch, 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 that kind of that kind of groove to it. And then that whole section at the end, which to me was just kind of a... <laughs> That's right. In the in the record, it's got like it's got Jim playing a whole bass solo over there, which kind of is a a secondary melody almost. Um, Were you Were you guys always free and easy with uh, commenting on other people's compositions, so to speak? Yes, although I mean, I look back now and I think maybe we could have been a little more gentle with each other. Yeah, really. I think you know. I think we we didn't think twice about going. Oh, that's stupid. Um, And which was like. When it was say when it was me and Ed writing something, we could do that because you kind of have already built that trust. When, right. Then you play it for the other guys, and for me, that was always like more nerve wracking than playing a new song for an audience or anything else. Was playing a brand new song for the I guys in the band because you, you know whatever you're you're just so vulnerable at that point. Sure. And you really want their approval. Sure. Um, well, listen, man, uh, we're gonna say. Uh, so long at the end of the song, but again, I, we certainly appreciate it. You, obviously, this show has changed a lot. We were trying to figure out what iteration of the Humble and Fred show this is, and but uh, through all of them, the the edge years and doing the stuff of Mojo and the mix and then serious and all this stuff, and now the podcast years. You know when the when the documentary comes out, this will be the podcast. We certainly appreciate it, and uh, I never get tired of hearing you play, Brian Wilson. Always great to. Uh... To come and hang out with you guys. Thank you for having me back on. Drove downtown in the rain, 9.30 on a Tuesday night. Just to check out the late night record shop. Call it impulsive, call it convulsive, call it insane. When I'm surrounded, I just can't stop. Matter of instincts, matter of conditioning, and a matter of fact. You can call me Pablo Star. Bring a bell and I'll salivate. How'd you like that? Take a lens and tell me I'm just a bad hugger. Cause right now I'm lying in bed, just like Brian Wilson did. Well, I'm lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did. So I'm lying here, just stand at the ceiling times, and I'm thinking about what to think about. Just wondering where the hell all the love is gone. 
playing my guitar and building castles in the sun. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And singing fun, fun, fun. I'm a lion of bed, just like Brian Wilson did. Well, I hang a lion of bed, just like Brian Wilson did. Whoa. I had a dream that I was 300 pounds and though I was very heavy I floated till I couldn't see the ground I floated till I could not see the ground Oh, huh, somebody help me I couldn't see the ground Somebody help me Couldn't see the ground Somebody help me Because I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did Well, I had Shop. Call it a mouse up, call it a mouse up, call it insane. Oh, but when I'm surrounded, I just can't stop. Stunning, my friend. Thank you very much. Oh, you can still bring it, eh? You can still bring it. (laughs) Look at Stephen Page going crazy here on a (laughs) Thursday morning. Wow. That must, you know, I know you still do it in in concert. People must go crazy for that. You know, one of the nice things about it is I still like playing it. Like, there's nothing, nothing I'm sick of playing. Right. But especially that song. Like, yeah, people really respond to it. So it makes it super fun every time I play it. Well, it's obvious. And, uh, well, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> well, you know, that's an iconic Canadian song. Why wouldn't you? And you're responsible for it. No, it's fantastic. And I'll tell you, Freddie, this happened. This mm-hmm. is a true story. I could show you my text. This is one of my kids is in Brooklyn. And uh, they went by her sister's old apartment in Brooklyn and sent a picture to the family chat saying, hey, I'm by your old apartment. And the next thing I know, somebody had put up. I just thought it was so funny that on the family chat, there's all kind of bare naked ladies. This is another one of your songs I love. Uh, Listen, man, we can hang out with you all day, but uh, we've taken taken up enough of your time. Thanks again. And uh, I hope it won't be a full year until we talk to you. But because uh, you you had a new album, and when you go out on tour, if you want to come by and you know we'd love to promote it and have you uh, hang out with us again. You don't even have to play; you can just come and hang. Sounds great. All right, man. Too, but yeah, I'd love to come by. 
Thanks, Steve. All the best to you and all yours. Right. Yeah, Merry my friend. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Yeah, all the best. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, some other point we have to have a talk about the the uh, rise of anti-Semitism, you and I. Well, that's why, kind of why I thought it was important to play the whole Hanukkah song. Uh, I know, dug it, man. Know, I know Hanukkah's not a big deal, but we got to, you know. Yeah, absolutely, represent. man. No. We got to represent. All the best Good to move. you, my brother. Take care. There's Thanks, Stephen Steve. Page, everyone. Go check out the uh, Stephen Page house sessions where uh, he's been doing it. Can you believe he's done like 95 of those? Whew. Yeah. That sounded pretty good from his house, too. Jesus. Well, you know, he's... You know, he's got all that stuff set up so well. He's been doing it so long, you know. It's not easy. It's not easy to get the sound right. Nothing's easy. Yeah, yeah. Somebody here on uh, Facebook said, uh, when did Stephen Page morph into Jack Black? I'm telling you, it takes a lot of energy to do that song. It's not a young man's game. Speaking of young men, look at that. There's our producer... Toronto Mike Santa Boone. Good to see you, my friend. And Dan Duran Happy is back. holidays. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. So uh, what about the uh, Boone household? Is there some, uh, you know, Monica being from the Philippines, her family? Are there are Philippine Christmas traditions that are different or? No. I mean, I mean the, I'm, uh, I'm afraid to even say that out loud because, you know. <laughs> I heard Lumby reference that uh, Christmas Eve is the big day in France, and it's the same with the Philippines. Like, it's all about Christmas Eve. Sure. It's a Roman Catholic tradition. When I first started going with the lease back in the 70s, yes, the 1970s, uh, almost 50 <laughs> years ago, um, it was the same with her family. Christmas Eve was the, was the thing. That's when yeah. we opened gifts and yeah. everybody got together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't the same at the uh, Glassman family and Moose Jaw. It wasn't quite the significant event, you know. Before we get too far removed from what just happened, I will go on the record definitively, Toronto Mike saying that Brian Wilson is the all-time greatest Bare Naked Ladies song. Well, I would agree. It's certainly my favorite Bare Naked Ladies song. Although I got, I got, I could name half a dozen others that I that I also love, but uh, that one has always been my favorite. Something, when I hear call and answer, something happens within me. Do you need a towel? When that <laughs> <laughs> Never, but it's just, I don't know, it puts me in a place that uh, is pretty cool. No, I, I'm, again, I'm, I love that song. I guess mm-hmm. There's a bunch of, you know, the first time, I don't know if it was call and answer, but uh, the first time they played another one of their big hits was actually on our show at the Horseshoe. And they actually looked over after playing three or four songs and said something like, do you guys mind to, if we play this? And uh, I, I wish I could name it because it, 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 you'd all know. But I remember thinking to myself, at the time, that was a pretty good song. And then it became this other, this big hit. But I don't have was it. Was it Enid? No, no, no. It was a slow one. I'll tell you what it is. It was, oh, okay. um, it was pinch. Oh. It was this. They look over. We're at the horseshoe. It's about 930. Oh. We want to wrap things up. And Ed says, uh, hey, I'm, do you guys mind if we play this? And I'm like... Sure, because they had all where they'd pl- been playing were their hitch, their hits, I should say. And then he starts playing Pinch Me, and I was like, another one of my favorites. So it is the perfect time of year to thank uh, all of you for listening to us. Uh, but before, how about uh, how about uh, young uh, Toronto Mike and Dan Duran working on the program with us this last year and. 
It was uh, Mike's idea. I, I'm not sure if it's a couple years ago at this time of the year. We had a big meeting, and we talked to Boone, and uh, Mike said, you know, why don't we ditch radio? Mm-hmm. Remember that conversation? That happened before Christmas, three yeah. months before it happened on the air. Yeah, I wanted you guys to be digital only, like to be your own bosses, be a podcast. And I think history has uh, told us that this was the right move for you guys. You guys have hit, you guys are just, you don't need radio. No, no, and it is great. It is quite liberating when you think over the past couple of years. Because even though we just had an association with radio, it was always on your mind a bit that what did they think? Yeah. Are they going to be okay with that? What if they do this? And to be free of that, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, so we give you full mm-hmm. credit for it because at the time, even from the business standpoint, we thought, well, there's something, there's an association with this company. I think we were with Bell at the time and we were on a couple of stations and Funny 820. And I remember having like to sort of edit the show. And one of the mm-hmm. things that Phil did was, you know, take out all the, you know, the questionable content. But I look back at the lineup we had on the show today. We have John Tory, We have Tony Clement. We've got a guy on, you know, Noel Kassler with almost half a million Twitter followers. We had Stephen Page and all these like I was sort of thinking like, I don't know, it's a pretty good radio show. If you yeah, were, not if one were, of them balked. Like, not one of them said, "What you, is it on the radio? What frequency will I find this program?" That's not a great point. That, Nobody that wonders. Ship, yeah, yeah, that ship has sailed, man. Yeah. No one's wondering if we're on the radio. I mean, I look at the the talent. And we get Dan Duran here every goddamn day. I mean, he could be. Uh, I mean, every goddamn day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you forgotten where the show is gone? I forgot for a second. <laughs> it's a colloquialism, Daniel. I get Daniel. it. Yes. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, in the history of pause the, in the ladies, I know the pause is for me to just chime in and say that the, okay. the growth and the rise of Bare Naked Ladies really intertangles so much with the Humble and Fred show. Like, what I love about that band is you can't tell the story of Bare Naked Ladies without also telling the story of Humble and Fred. A lot of synergy. Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember the first time. I know the first time we ever did the show, uh, the Christmas show, was just me and Doll and Fred and Randy, but very early on it was them. Like even in, I'm not sure if we were still in Brampton, but early, early on they were part of our show. And uh, yeah, it's been going on a long time that they keep saying yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Stephen, anyway. Yeah, the guys. I mean, you know what? Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying we ask yeah. him. We haven't, you know what I mean, really extended the same amount of invites that we have to Stephen. That's all. Since well, because the- we want Brian Wilson, and we won't yeah. accept it sung by anyone else. Well, and I tell my buddy, too, like, I remember the the, the whole band without Stephen early on in the podcast years over there at the Industrial Park. I remember the band came in, Freddie. You know, Ed oh, and yeah. the guys, they, they came yep. in and played. Absolutely, yeah. That was the time oh, yeah, that, that remember that guy yelled at Tyler? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking, for being too loud. For being too loud. Like, literally, the, the landlord of the building took a sh- an actual shit fit. An yeah. old-fashioned shit fit on the drummer for the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> Only happens in Humble and Fred land. The guy was freaking out at him. Uh, anyway, uh, that's our final show. Our first show of the new year uh, will be the day after... When is it? I guess stat, the Monday is a stat. 
day after you New Year's. You guys are back on the second. No, there's no show on the second. So the third, okay. The third is your and Bill Brio who pops in the first Tuesday of every month. So we'll get some more Bill. But I'm excited to tell you that on the Wednesday, Jeff Merrick returns to the program. Right on. That's class. That's a class act for you right there. <laughs> and Jeff doesn't care if you're on a radio frequency. And that's no. a good point you made. Like, we asked all those people to be on our show, and nobody was like, well, if they're not on the radio, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do radio. I'm not getting the reach. Reach or frequency on the radio. On behalf of the management and staff of the Humble and Fred Show, we wish you all a Merry Christmas. Frederick, you're a beauty. We love you and love doing the show with you. I look forward to many more years before one of us dies. Howard, I I sit here in the uh, the uh, same mindset. Uh, When we get back together, it'll be 2023. And again, at my advanced age and you're creeping up, I often think, will this this be the last one? Will 2023 be the year that I walk up the steps and cough up my heart? Like I I, had that type of thing. Who knows? You just take every day and every show and appreciate it. And I appreciate doing it with you and Dan and Mike's association. What else can I say? Well, that's uh, very nice. And uh, Daniel. Oh, I can always say suck on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Way to take an emotional moment and just fucking suck it on it. Um, All right, kids. We'll see you uh, in the new year and uh, for his final time here. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse in nights since 1978. We read all our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing helps make a great Christmas present for the boys. For Humble and Fred, version 10.2, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, like the fifth candle on the menorah tonight, and there are only three sleeps till Christmas. Have a great holiday. See you again on January 3rd if we're not dead yet. God bless us, everyone. From the habitations of the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that?